Now, we have a water notice that I'll give you just in one second. Before we do, though, uh, Nelly and Katrina's home baking in Hedford. They're going to be in the market uh, tomorrow, and they've dropped in a lovely apple tart for John Morley to bring home to Mayo with them. Uh, but if you want to pop into Nelly and Katrina's home baking, they're holding a market every second Saturday in the square in Hedford, and they're there tomorrow, Saturday, with lots of homemade produce, scones, cakes, brownies, and tarts as well. So if you're in and around the area, pop in. Donald Sullivan has already tried each and every one of them and gives them um, the thumbs up so he does so that's Nelly and Katrina's home baking from there now an Irish water notice has just come into us uh, and again they want to wish people uh, and advise residents and business in the area from Drum to my Cullen village and uh, that they'll be without water supply um, or experience reduced water pressure today Friday the 10th of February until approximately 5pm due to a burst water main in the area and again Galway County Council working in partnership with Irish Water regrets any inconvenience that may be caused so from Drum uh, pitches to my Cullen village uh, without water until 5pm today and finally uh, Presentation College Head for Appearance Association are having a table quiz uh, on the 10th of March, Friday the 10th of March in the Angler's Rest in Hedford there 100 euro for the winners and um, again it's sponsored by McGaz uh, Gardening Complex there but they're doing this and we'll be talking to them between now and the 10th of March they're fundraising for an additional defibrillator and cardiac responder training uh, in the Hedford area so four uh, per table 10 euro per adult, 5 euro per student and students are very welcome on the night in question and further details can be had from the Presentation College, Hedford Parents Association uh, from there. Now I have three other uh, wonderful guests to uh, talk to me today and we're looking at the new Hedford uh, where c- communities have come in uh, to Hedford and I'm going to go to Juliana first who's a Brazilian who arrived into um, Ireland in 2013 and started living in Carlos Ranch she now lives in uh, Hedford what brought you Juliana? What brought you to Ireland? My husband <laughs> Why are the husbands always blamed for this so they are? Well um, I was living in Brazil and um, my husband is Irish, so we decided to get married, live in Ireland. So I moved to Ireland 2013. And was he long in Brazil? Oh, all my life. No, was he? Oh, no, 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 only me. Only you. Uh, I, I came here, we met uh, on internet, Facebook. Good on you. <laughs> so um, 2012 we got engaged and then we moved to Hedford 2013. And come here, was he physically in Brazil when you met? Or was no, it? no, I came here to meet him. You came here to meet yeah. him? Yeah. So the love stories then began in oh, Hedford? Oh yeah, I know, isn't it good? Yeah, <laughs> so that's 10 years ago, so it is. Yeah. 10 but years ago. Next year's 10 years that we married. And how, how, how are you finding the change from the beautiful Brazilian weather to the beautiful I can't Hedford live there anymore, trust me. It's horrible. The heat is uh, unbelievable. I went back there in 2020 for my daughter's wedding and I, I could barely do the weather. It's too hot. I'm climatized already here. You're climatized already? Yeah, no, I love, I love the just, harsh weather. Just half an hour of warm weather is all I want. To warm the bones, that's all. Yeah, that's Can you enough, arrange yeah. it now for me? <laughs> you Just to bring that yellow thing in the sky, the sun. I'll, oh, wait, yeah. I'll try, I'll try yeah. my best. <laughs> Stay with me if you don't mind. Anna um, Sherrington joins me. Anna, um, you had a big decision. You, li- you were living, I'll pull you in a small bit, you were living in Yorkshire. You had a big decision to make. I was living in Yorkshire, yeah. And my daughter was also living in Yorkshire. I have three grown-up children. Um, and the eldest one... She met her husband at work in Leeds, um, but he's from Tume, 
and um, they were living in Yorkshire for a couple of years. They had two small children and then they decided they were coming over to live in Ireland and at the time my husband was able to take early retirement and we had a decision to make. Were we going to come with the grandchildren or were we going to stay with the grown-up children? So uh, the grandchildren and the fishing on the Corrib won out. I'm a f- <laughs> so here we were, so 2006, we moved here. So your husband loves fishing then? And my husband's a fisherman, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Does he go out fairly often during does, the season? He does, he does. Does he ever bring you with him? No, because I don't want to go with him. <laughs> <laughs> You're enjoying the break, are you? Well, that was a big move though, so it was. A very big move to leave the two grown-up children in... Yeah, well, they were... Away on their own, doing their own thing, and they're quite capable of looking after themselves. So, yeah. And the grandchildren, so they're they're part of your life then. They are. They're all grown up now. I mean, there's another one has joined the family since they lived here. So there's uh, a 15 year old, an 18 year old, and a 20 year old. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they're they've fled the nest. Yeah. Oh, no, they're living with parents in tune. Oh, yeah, but you don't have to be babysitting them. Oh, on God, basis. no. <laughs> Those so what days you, are gone. What you could do now is you could sell up and go back to Yorkshire so you oh, could no. start life again. No, 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 no. You, would, you wouldn't do that. Oh, absolutely What do you not. love about I'm, Hedford? I'm too involved in Hedford. Um, I belong to the women's group. And um, for my sins, I've been facilitating it since 2010. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm involved with a sewing group. Um, quilting group, I play bowl, carpet bowls and you know, my life Good is here you. now And you crossed the border from Mayo And this I crossed the border from Mayo this morning, yes So you're on, you're near Shrew there, so you are <laughs> We've been tracking you Have you? Oh yeah, oh. a bit like Donald Trump now Right, okay. A bit like Paddy earlier on, we're I'm tracking. only just across the border Just across the border, <laughs> stay with me, another man who just crossed the border, Stephen McGrath joins me um, Stephen, morning to you. Morning, how are you keeping? I'm great. You're a, you're, you're a die-hard Mayo man, I'm told. Oh, well, as hope as I can. Yeah. So you had to wear the uniform coming in, the GA uniform. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you realise there's a couple of Galway lads outside the door waiting for you? Oh, well, this is, they're always waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, so you're from Mayo and... Well, no, I was born in England, in Redden. Were you born, really? Yeah. That's a few years ago. That's a long time. Don't ago, tell yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Never ask a lady your age, but don't tell a man. Don't let a man tell you either. And when did you come to Ireland, the west of Ireland? Ninety-four. Go. And what brought you over here? My father got rest him, and my mother moved over in ninety-four, and I came over two weeks to see them for the Christmas, and the rest is history. You never went back. No. My God. And you're enjoying life here. That's no, not bad now. Yeah, and when did you get involved, or when did you take an interest in GA sports then? Well, my uncles played for me, oh, and uh, an uncle of mine won an all-star with me, oh, and I always followed me, oh, ever since, and there's a good bit of history with the Mayo football in the McGrath family. And did you ever give it a go? I played a small bit when I was younger, but I wasn't much cop, but... You weren't much good at it? I no? wasn't much cop, no. What does that mean? I was no good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what you were saying to me. I thought you were talking dirty to me. <laughs> didn't know what you were saying at all. Will you get that? Will you get, just figure out for that? We'll use that in the program now. When it's no good, will you go? What is it? Cup now? Much cup. Oh no, not much cup. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Did you ever? Um, and did you, did you ever take up the sport? Did you ever look at sport like that? Oh no, I was too old to play any sport when I came here. <laughs> I so. 
You so? Yeah. That keeps you active. Juliana, did you know anything about um, Gaelic games in Brazil before you bravely came to Hedford? Well, no, actually. My daughter was coming with me um, that she heard about it um, in a, a talking with a friend. And they say, well, that's amazing. And she was very interested. Well, I never heard. I thought very interesting. It's very difficult because you have to bounce the ball and uh, and then and kick, kick it. It's, it's At the same time. Yeah. So during the next ad break, we're going to get you to do a demonstration of how you play Gaelic football. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Keith, I told you. Okay, 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 Keith. Where did you get the beautiful gloves you're wearing? Oh, I need myself. I'm part of um, the Iron Bombers, so we need everything. Yeah. I yarn bomber self. The yarn bo- yeah. bombers. I was calling them yard bombers earlier on, but they're yarn. Yeah. They're beautiful. Thank you. Um, they're, what they are is they're very colourful and they're crocheted. Yes, and a crochet is a granny and square and I transform in a glove. Yeah. And what do your family think in Brazil then of you being here? Do they even know where Ireland were when you were coming over here? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, we know about Ireland, about everything that people talk um, just they know about, about the troubles yeah. not much about history and uh, I came here in 2012 and first time and I fell in love my husband's from Chantelet so he brought me to Cook's come here to me now hold on a second he's a townie you know that then oh he is he's from Chantelet you're from Chantelet yeah. <laughs> get it right now do you hear me yeah. Chantelet what's, what's his name Simon, he's um, hi, hi, baby. He's working. He's um, Give me a bin s- man. What? He was a bin man. A bin man. Yeah. He's what? What's his surname? Hart. Hart. Oh, one of the Hearts from Shetland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say Catherine what? Promotion oh, yeah. of Flattery Road. Yeah, was that how you say? Flaherty's, oh, Flaherty's yeah. Road is it yeah. or O'Connor Road? Don't you confuse me now, because you're doing a very good job over there. You don't have a story like that, and and do you? I don't. No, no. Not at all. So you married a man from Yorkshire, and she married a man from Shetland? Uh, he's not actually from Yorkshire, no. No. <laughs> we were both born in the south of England, but okay. we moved to Yorkshire when we got married in 1983. Good on you. So we good lived on. there for 23 years before we moved over here. Well, in, yeah. in, enjoy. And Stephen... Um, your involvement with the crew here as 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 the new head for them, you involved in a lot of stuff with them? Uh, no, not really. I just the lovely people around here and the crack is good and Yeah. You know. Yeah. So we, what what you say? Go on, Juliana. What? The crack is mighty. <laughs> <laughs> We have no reference to drugs on this programme at this hour of the morning, if you don't mind. <laughs> Absolutely none. Guys, thanks for joining us uh, today. Steve McGraw, well done to you. Die-hard Mayo man. And he only came here in 94, and imagine they've been indoctrinated in that length of time. Mm. Less, than, less than 30 years they have you indoctrinated. Mm. That's, that's good work, so it is. Uh, Anna Sherrington, thank you for joining us. And Juliana, thank you for joining us. And give our regards to all in Shatla. Oh, I, yeah. I delivered buttermilk as a child in Chantal. Really? Yeah. Oh, every Saturday. Not doing it tomorrow just to show off now. Okay. Every Saturday I did. Guys, thanks for joining us uh, today. Now, yet to come on the programme, we have loads more people here uh, in Hedford that are going to join us. We'll be joined by Maggie uh, McNamara and we'll be looking and speaking with uh, John McHugh. But we also have 
to give you a chance um, to win because, um, as you know, Valentine's Day is taking place this coming Tuesday and uh, we have uh, some giveaways to give away. Um, but who means the world to your boyfriend, Juliana? You can put it in for your husband if you want. Um, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your life's partner, your mum, your dad or whoever. And uh, we want to mark Valentine's Day by giving uh, that someone important in your life a token uh, of your regard and love as well. Throughout Monday, we'll be giving you a beautiful bouquet of flowers and a men's wear voucher as well. But if you'd like to enter our draw, you can register now and to enter straight away, you can uh, just go to the WhatsApp number, uh, which we'll give you in just one moment. And what you need to do then is uh, put the word love in and your name and the name of the person that means the world to you. And then tune into us on Monday morning and... Um, We'll give you details of who's winning. And also, each and every one of you that enter are in for a chance to win a one-night B&B for two at Golders Hidden Gem, my Karen Lodge, in Ballinasloe. So you have to text the word LOVE straight away to 86 38 33 That's 86 38 33 Quick commercial break. We're back with some other giddy people from Headford next. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. Now we're going to have a look at the history of Headford and we'll be looking at a number of issues here. Uh, I'm joined by Margie McNamara and by John McHugh and they were both born in the area. Margie, good morning to you first off. Morning, uh, Thanks Keith. for joining us uh, today. Um, you were born, bred and reared here. Uh, you've seen a change. Yes, indeed. It's a different town now to what it was when I was a, a child. But uh, a lot of the improvements are for the better, obviously. Mm. But, uh, you know, you miss some of the things as well. But when you were a child, you wouldn't have had the traffic. You'd have, the life, life would have been simpler in and around That was Hedford. one of the things I was going to say, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, in the town itself, a lot of the businesses, uh, families lived in their own premises. And you had a crowd of children in every family and they could yeah. play on the street and run around and all that kind of thing yeah. pretty safely they wouldn't and, do that now no and are there any is, is there anybody living over the commercial units here now well, I think there may be one or two. That's about still. it. Though. That's about it. Yeah. But this was that in the past. <coughs> the heart of the village when you were growing up was those families. That's right. It was vibrant. Yeah, like John would know here that uh, like there were four or five, maybe eight kids in some families, and all close in age. So. Mm you know they had plenty of company to play with and that kind of thing John you were born and reared here as well yeah roots go a long way the roots go down a long way they do um, yeah. I remember like Marjorie was saying there and you mentioned about the traffic the town in, in our time when we were kids we used to sit on the footpaths and take the registration of the cars that went through yeah. and yeah like if there was any, if there's any, if there were ever any problems, if the guards came to one of the kids in those days, they had the registration of, of every car that ever passed through the town. But and we used to play football in the square, and the people of the town used to sit out in the chairs in summertime watching us kicking football along the square. Yeah. But all that's all changed now. But you weren't worried about getting hit by a car then, because oh no. there wasn't that many. Not saying that you're that old now, Jonathan, at all. <coughs> but there wasn't yeah. that many cars Thanks. on the road. No, there was I, more now when. Uh, when Margie was born but when you were born there wasn't as many cars on the road Actually, but there, there wasn't yeah. I'm not going to give names but Margie and I were actually the same, <laughs> same age yeah, but just there was only a month between you but there was more cars in. <laughs> true there was a lot like you could have as many cars pass through Hetford I'd say in the morning between half seven and nine o'clock I was passed through Hetford in two days when we were kids mm. That's how oh, bad the traffic has gone. It's gone lunatic. It's yeah. one of the things that's coming out of this program is the traffic, the traffic, the traffic, and it's the crazy. need for 
public transport to get shunt people from here to Galway City and from here to Parkmore. You see, you're caught... Exactly, exactly. And there's no point in putting park and ride, we'll say, on the Coral Line or putting park and ride in Clumbo or in Cordondola. No. It needs to be further out. It needs to be in places like, like Hetford. It needs to be in places like Chum, yeah. where the roads between those areas are actually... Like, like, for example, I can drive from Hetford to Galway in 20 minutes. That's what we say to the, the traffic lights on the... On the At on the Menlo Park. The, the Menlo Park. Yeah. I, I can drive that distance in 20 minutes. From there to the Town Hall Theatre is exactly one kilometre, and it would take 35 to 50 minutes to drive that distance, yeah. which is lunatic. It's crazy. And Marjorie McNamara, can I go back to you in relation to um, your memories? I mean, did you have the, the apostolic processions and all of that? Were they all part of life here the, in the past? They were indeed, yes. Every Corpus Christi, mm. we had the procession and it started at the church in Hetford and it went down to the bridge at the end of the town, which was the end of the parish. And there was an old um, putchin still in the middle of the road and they used to put a big bunch of lilac into the top of it and the procession went around that. That was the, the ending. That was around There was the no significance in the fact that it was a putchin still. Get away. <laughs> and uh, then there was a, a big wooden altar and that was always set up in the square outside O'Malley's house. Yeah. And there'd be benediction there on the way back to the church. And then... Uh, that, that was the end of it but that altar used to be kept in my father's shed and every year on the day prior to Corpus Christi guys would come with a lorry or a tractor or something and take that away it was a big big thing and dust it down and, and bring dust it, it down and leave it up outside O'Malley's yeah. and it came back then again and stayed for another yeah. while again you know I wonder is there still benediction do you know my, my childhood memory of benediction was the, the, the smell of the incense the, um, the, the smoke the incense and that yeah that's my memory of it. I wonder, yes. is, is there still benediction? I well, I suppose there is on occasion, but that time there used to be rosary and benediction every Sunday evening in the church. Yeah. And uh, maybe, I don't know what time, John, six o'clock or some time like that, maybe. Yeah. That was a kind of a thing. And o- another thing then in Hetford was the fair days. We had the fairs on the street, and there was a fair every month on the 14th. And in September there were two fairs. In October there were three fairs. And because I suppose it was the time of year when stock were ready to be sold and things mm. like that. So they had a sheep, separate sheep and cattle fair in September. And that would have been a big day now. It was. And uh, I went to the girls' primary school and it was the convent school. And because we had the infants in that school, they weren't, uh, you know, it wasn't safe to allow them to walk up through the fair on the fair day. So we always had the fair day off. And the boys like John in the boys' school were mad jealous. <laughs> we, uh, we had to go to school whether we liked it or not whether you like because he yeah because he weren't go, wouldn't go, go, go through the fair no 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 he no, wouldn't no. go through it it was safer for us to go through the fair um, again from a historical point of view and you there's a, you have, uh, there's a lovely book about Ross Abbey we'll talk about that in a moment um, but the history of St. Fursa's Hall here and the development of the hall that's huge as well so it is. which is yeah the, the, this was actually the, the school originally was it yeah but it, it burned down in the 1940s and while they were building the new school, all the students were catered for in huts. And actually, if you take your time now when the programme's finished, have a look inside in the kitchen. There's a whole series of photographs wow. of Hetford going back the years. And some of the photographs are actually of the huts. And when the new school then was, was built, they converted this old school into the hall that we're in now today. And actually, the floor of the hall here is one of the only floors, I'd say, in Connacht that's sprung. I know. 
uh, if you move on one side of the floor, you can actually feel it. That's why people used to come, used to come, they used to love coming here to dance because you, you wouldn't get tired. The floor moved with you yeah. as you were dancing. Because I was um, sitting where I'm sitting now um, and John was down at the back of the uh, room and he was walking towards me and I could feel the chair. Yeah, you could feel the movement. I said, okay, are you getting some kind of an episode here, Finnegan or not? And then one of the girls came in and said, no, 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 it's a sprung floor. It's a sprung floor. But it's, yeah. Yeah. Now you're not allowed to walk between on twelve midday. You you have to stay. Just to stay, yes. You can't move, you can't move at all because stuff. I'm going up and down. No, actually, um, we have um, there's there's a massive theatre um, influence too in Hetford going. But actually, there's a photograph in the in the in the room there from 1915 of the cast of the, of the Collian Ball with with the father McEvely who directed it. My God. And we're in the process. We're setting up a committee to have the hall transferred from the diocese to a local company. So that we can apply for funding to have the hall done up, right. um, add on extra That'd rooms, ex- extra rooms and meeting rooms. Come here, you you, um, you you picked me up so you did before we came on air that I mentioned our own Tom Gerty, but Tom was a Tom was a real uh, man for theatre, wasn't he? Oh, he was. He was. Um, the Hetford, the original Hetford Drama Group, started in 1974, and I that was the first time then that, that I joined, fresh out of secondary school, and uh, Tommy joined it the following year in 1975. And the funny thing, every single show that we ever did at Bar One, the one that we won the All Ireland with Dr. Phil, Tommy played my father. Get away. Yes. And Tommy's final play before he passed away was Dare. And yeah. he played my father in that as well. And that was Tommy's son's. That was the, I'd say, the best time that I ever saw Tommy acting on stage. Long before he ever came into the radio business, I saw him in a performance, but I think it was in the town hall. Oh, do, you, do you know what it was? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't. But I just remember, and then when he came in and he took up the radio programme on a Sunday evening, it was then when I read, or Sunday morning then it was at the time, after John Francis King, and then he moved to the evening time. Uh, but he, he was a talented person more than yourself. Oh, he was, definitely. And he was a great man for, for, um, for getting audiences in for us. When Tommy came off stage, he took over the, the, producing, the producing of the shows. And what he couldn't do couldn't be done. Yeah. He was brilliant for us. Listen, John, thanks for joining us uh, today. And uh, Margie, thank you for joining us as well today. Um, have you written the history? Have you done any writing of history up here? Uh, not really, no. Although I did write an article for a local history book for the 150th anniversary of the church uh, in Hetford in uh, 2015. I did the history of the Presentation Sisters in the yeah. town. You need, you, you need to document it all. As Actually, yeah. that, that you mentioned that, we've had... we. The Historical Society, we have meetings once a month, and generally we hope to, we'd like to get people out to, to, to give talks. Like a friend of yours was our very first guest, Donald Tahani. Oh, Donald came out and Donald, he, yeah. he, he gave a talk on the, on the, on the large houses. Yeah. We've had Pedro Dowd, we've had Christy Caniff, we've had Carol Brady down from the National Monuments in Dublin giving a talk on the, on the Corrib boats, yeah. because one of the boats was found out in Anakin Bay. We've had Brenda McGowan from the Galway City Museum. And we have Brent, we had Brent Bernard O'Hara, but um, we've I've started a project where I'm taking the town of Hetford, and I'm taking it in twenty-year periods, and I want to put family names in every single house, the full length of the town. Okay, well there'll be lots of people to help you. Margie, thanks for joining us, and John, thank you for joining us uh, today. Kevin Kelly, nice to talk to you again. You're the adult literacy organizer with Jury TB. And you've opened a centre in Hedford uh, during COVID, uh, but you couldn't launch it properly. But uh, where is the centre, Kevin, can I ask you? 
Keith, thanks for having us here today. It's great to have you in Headford and to have so much uh, local knowledge coming out today. I'm learning a lot about the place as well. Uh, and the characters. Great characters, yeah. yeah, yeah. And hopefully we'll get to meet them over time as well. Um, so during COVID, we opened a brand new um, adult education centre in the town. So we're just over the Home Place Cafe. Most people know the Home Place Cafe. So the, the doorway is around the side and we're fully accessible. We've lifts and everything else. Um, and we're, we're kept going nice and busy at the minute. Plenty of people have found us, but we haven't been able to get out there and really promote it yet. So who would you be targeting then? Anybody from... It's okay. The Mayo side, uh, the Galway side, the Hedford side, Carlos Tran. Well, I was living in Currafin for many years myself and I moved to Mayo about two years ago. So I have to let the Mayo people come across the border. They They're more than welcome. We'd be lost without them, you know. We'd yeah. Be so so our, our main target area, I suppose, anyone who wants to come to Hedford, we have other centres in Chum and Dunmore and Glenamati. But uh, today we're talking about the one in Hedford. Um, and it's anyone who, that's their local village or their local town is welcome mm. to come in to us. It's for adults that want to go back to learning. So it might be people that left school early. It might be people who, you know, didn't have a very good experience. It might be people who just need to upskill in something like we're starting a new um, Microsoft Excel evening class. So a lot of people that are working during the day feel that they need to upskill a little bit in the evenings with, with something for everyone. So where's the best place, Kevin, for them to go and get details on this? Yeah. If they phone our office in Chum, uh, that's the, the one that's manned most yeah. of the time. And the phone number there is 093 26609 so that's 093 26609 alright we'll remind that and we'll have that on our website as well uh, 093 26609 let us know how you're getting on and if you need to pop in some morning and just remind people uh, do so as well Kevin Kelly the adult literacy organised with GRETB if you fancy getting involved 093-26609 it's a lovely short number so it is it's not one of these long new ones altogether. 0932-6609. Quick commercial break from Headford. We're back just after these and we're looking at achievements in the community next. Galway Tones, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Now, very good morning to you. We've got um, three wonderful people in front of me today. I'm going to go first off um, to Angie O'Neill, and um, she sits opposite me today. Angie, congratulations. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Well done to you. Young scientist Angie O'Neill, you did very well in the BT competition, didn't you? Yeah, thank you. And you're a very bright person, are you? <laughs> um, yes. Depends who you ask. Yes, I'm saying it. Tell me a little bit about your project. Um, well, I made a plastic alternative using fish scales and algae. Fish scales? Yeah. And algae? Yeah. Wow. How long did it take you to work on that then? Well, I had the idea last summer and I started working around September. And tell me how it works now, will you? Like how I made it. Yeah, how you made it, yeah. Um, well, it really depends on the type of plastic, but... I, the general thing was chemically treating like the fish scales or the algae and then you needed something to like bind it together and then water glycerin and it was a lot of like making sure it was the right temperature and like combining it. And, yeah. and what was the reaction at the BT Young Scientists uh, competition? Well it was actually amazing and the judges were very interested so that was really nice. <laughs> so can you take it to another level now? 
Um, yeah, well, there's a competition soon, and I'm hoping to, like, use my plastic to make clothes and, like, raincoats and stuff. And there's not a... Forgive me now, because I'm... I asked some stupid questions. <laughs> Don't agree with me, anybody. Um, but what, is there a smell of fish, then, when the plastic is made? Well, at the start there was, but in the end, I've kind of figured out how to get rid of the smell with different chemicals. Wow. And, and it's an alternative to plastic? Yeah. Good on you. Good on you. And can you make it in, in kind of big pieces, volume? You can, but I didn't have like, you need a bigger oven because we dried it in the oven and, you know, I had to make it the size of the trays I had. Wow. You're a genius, you know that. Thanks. Are they very proud of you in the school? Yeah, they are. Well, they should be. Stay with me. I want to now uh, go uh, and uh, join a young Irish dancer, Evan O'Brien, world champion dancer, if you don't mind. Morning to you. Morning, Keith. How are you? God, I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling adequate in front of the three V's I do all together. <laughs> Congratulations. When did you start uh, Irish dancing? Uh, I started dancing when I was five over in Chicago. I lived in Chicago. Uh, and yeah, I moved home to Hedford in 2015. So, yeah. So how long were you in Chicago for? Uh, were you well, born there? I was born in Chicago, yeah. Wow. So, you yeah. don't have a Chicago accent now, you know that. <laughs> no. My dad's got a very strong Galway accent, so Good it wouldn't on. be long, isn't it? Good on. And there's, there's, there's great dance schools in Chicago. It's my favourite city. Yeah. But there's great dance schools. Um, and was that just to keep you kind of in tune with your Irish roots while you were living there? Ah, well, I suppose all my sisters were doing it and, you know, they loved it and Mum just asked me one day if I wanted to do it, and I thought it looks cool. Like so, I said, "Sure, I give it a go anyway." And here we are. And where do you do a lot of your? Where would you have got your lessons in Hedford then? Uh, I currently dance for the Hessian School Good in Galway. Yeah. Good on you. Good on you. And you're world champion dancer. I am. I am. I won the worlds uh, back in uh, April of last year, up in Belfast. Good on you. I, I know the whole industry is in flux now because we know what's going on and all that but that doesn't take away from the talent that you and Angie have oh, no, you know no. as young people you are our future so you are be it for dancing or be it for plastic or science or otherwise you, you are you are our future thanks very much Keith. and will you stay with it will you oh, of course yeah I'd, I'd love to go on to Riverdance uh, eventually that's that's the dream anyway. a, a Riverdance type type of show uh, yeah I love to see the world through yeah. dancing. So, so where are you in education now? How long do you have to go in education? Um, well, I'm in fifth year now, so I'll have to leave and start next year and f I suppose four years of college then after. And yeah. Do you have to go to college? Can you not go back as a mature student <laughs> and, just, and just head off with Riverdance or kind of run away with the circus altogether? I mean, it'd be lovely, but... Uh, you know, the I'll have a word with the folks at home. Don't worry. <laughs> we we get you. We get you out. So you, because you're fa if you if you do that, you're following your dream, and then yeah. go then go back and do yeah, it and yeah. do your education. Now, I wouldn't agree with it as a parent myself, but just great to say it to you. <laughs> so, are you kind of busy now? So with the dancing? Uh, yeah, just so just after the new year, every year it kind of it gets really intense, and it's four to five times a week, um, up until April, up until the worlds, and the summer then kind of consists of just. Uh, gigs and just kind of bit more on the fun side, I suppose. Oh. Well, I mean, I'd say uh, it's not you, fun at the minute. Do you post much on social media now? Do you? Uh, I don't really. Um, yeah. Our school does have like uh, social media pages, but I'm not really. I don't yeah. post too much myself. 
Good on you. Stay with us if you don't mind. Um, really talented, but Kevin Moran is a Clare Morris man. He met a Galway girl. He's a dairy farmer, and he's former Young Farmer of the Year as well. Uh, Kevin, morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Keith. How many cattle are you milking on a daily basis? Uh, we have 485 to cattle this year. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, full, you, you told job. me you was a small farmer from Clare Morris. What type of man are you at all? <laughs> Go again, 485, that, that's a lot of cattle. Yeah, yeah, so it's over two farms, Keith. Um, so I suppose it been, this is year eight now. Jeez, time flies. Um, so it's my eighth year farming. And so I suppose I, I started, didn't really go the traditional route in terms of inheriting the home farm. So I, I leased a farm for my Uncle Joe um, up here in Galway. So that's how... That's how I had to immigrate, and mm. um, I started from there and built it year on year. It, would you be one of the youngest young farmers in, in Connacht, as in volume-wise, as in cattle-wise? Um, That's a big herd now. Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure, to be honest, Keith, I'm not quite sure. Um, but I suppose, look at the, the stats all say, the Irish farming... Um, Demographics, it's 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 age and 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 the average the average age of the Irish farmer at the moment is north of sixty, so yeah. I You're a long way off that now. Uh, don't feel it some days. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great. I mean, it's, so you really then started from scratch. Yeah, I did, and I suppose it's something I, I can I can relate to, to to the two here beside me, and, and I too feel inadequate sitting beside these two uh, here and their their accomplishments. But I suppose you know I was very clear when I was their age in secondary school I wanted to be a farmer, and I was very very passionate about it. And, and was there farming in the blood at home? There was, yeah, yeah. Okay, there was so there was. Home, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a dairy farm as such, I suppose. Yeah. But um, I suppose I was very, and I had that clarity, you know, and and I was you know probably a couple of hundred lads in St Coleman's, uh, and and I like to think that I was the most one that had clarity in terms of what it was I wanted to go on and do and I suppose I, I felt maybe at the time you know there was kind of a bit of a stigma against you know being a farmer or, or some of my friends who wanted to go on to be trade you know whether it be plumbers or electricians and whatnot. and I suppose that was one of the biggest things um, you know I remember the principal telling me he says I think you're wasting your life being a farmer and uh, I, I remember you know winning the young farmer of the year it was kind of like you know farming was good enough and it was it was kind of putting it on the map you know that that it isn't what the perception is that it's a tough life and all of that that there is work-life balance and, and it can be profitable and sustainable but in a short space of time though um you went into it very in a, in a big way i mean a huge investment absolutely yeah but I, I would say a calculated investment and and one that was well measured and projected you know because you know business planning is a big part of farming you know um it's a, it's a part of, of anything that provides a livelihood for people so i suppose it was calculated risky but but absolutely yeah there was big investment required huge investment yeah yeah, yeah. without a doubt and i mean so are there in, are you doing is, it, is now the calving season or is now the are, are, are you still milking at this time of year? Yes, so we're spring calving. So that basically means that we calf all our cows in February, March, uh, and we dry them off in December. By dry off, we start milking them, give them two months for rest. Uh, the reason we do that, Keith, is to, I suppose, from an economical and an environmental point of view, it, it makes use of the grass. And, and Ireland is one of the probably only two countries in the world that has the raw materials to grow grass uh, and produce food from grass, which is the most environmentally friendly way and also the economical way because it's your lowest cost of production. Mm. And it's an inspiring, the three of you are inspiring, do you know that? Angie, you are wonderful, so you are. And Evan, you're wonderful. And indeed, Kevin, you're wonderful as well. Isn't it great to see such 
positivity in the future for farming, for dancing, and for science. Really is. Well done to you guys. Thanks for popping into us uh, today. And we, we'll give you an eye out for you, Evan O'Brien, doing it in the dancing circuit. And um, hopefully you'll get to live your dream, get your education. What would you like to do in education? What would you like to do in college? Um, I was thinking kind of down the business road, but I haven't really looked at it yet, so I'll have to get on to it. I don't worry about it tomorrow. Yeah, take it exactly. handy. Uh, Kevin, congratulations to you. And Angie, you keep up the good work and thanks, thanks, for, uh, thanks for being you. And I'm dying to see more about uh, the plastic that we spoke about and that whole initiative. Congratulations to you. Let me go to Dave O'Connell who joins me on the line now uh, with the City Tribune headlines. Dave, morning to you. Morning, Keith. Somebody who's good for absolutely nothing. So it's a complete <laughs> contrast to what you've been doing. I wouldn't say that at all. A talented editor and a wonderful journalist. Listen, your lead, uh, you lead with the disclosure that a small stretch of road on the outskirts of the city generates the most speeding fines in the country last year. Yeah, and it will come as no surprise to motorists who know this spot so well. But figures released by the Department of Justice show that over €326,000 in fines were sent out after go-safe vans snapped uh, drivers exceeding the 50 kilometres an hour limit on the dual carriageway at Bournemouth Trap. Uh, everyone that drives that road knows, well, apart from the ones that were caught, know to slow down. Um, that was almost 100,000 more than the next worst location in the country in Newcastle in County Wicklow. Now, if you take the fine at the new rate of 160,000, that's more than 2,000 drivers. But in reality, it's probably much more than that because it only went from 80 to 160 last October. So thousands caught. Uh, I mean, it is shooting fish in a barrel out there, but uh, that's the figure on it. Listen, the story on page three reveals growing opposition to seven high-rise apartment blocks in the Nocticarra area. Yeah, not the first time that we've dealt with this one, but Glenvale Living has submitted plans for 227 apartments over seven high-rise blocks at Gortnebro. This is beside the entrance to the Gateway Shopping Park. There's significant opposition. There was the last time as well when it was thrown out by Inboard Panola following 27 objections and a petition signed by more than 700. That was for 330 apartments, but even the smaller one seems to be drawing uh, significant opposition, so plenty more on this one as well, Keith. Now, a small piece on page three there about taking your dog uh, to the movies for Valentine's Day. I don't mean your dog, but the uh, photograph on the front page says it all. Somebody had fun well, putting I, that together. I, I mean, there's someone, there's someone for everyone, I suppose. Uh, sometimes it's not a human being, but the Pala Cinema is opening its doors to dogs for a special doggy screening of Disney's The Lady and the Tramp. Uh, it's not on Valentine's Day, so you can still go along with your human being uh, on the actual day. But Sunday the 12th, uh, so next Sunday, this is coming up. Dogs go free once there's a human with them, so don't think you're dropping your dog in there and going off for the afternoon. Uh, and all seats, this is the good news, will be covered for the duration, so you won't come out covered in air if you're at the uh, movie that's after that. They did this before with the Muppets last Christmas, and for the Irish film Rosha and Frank, where appropriately, apparently the main character believes her husband has been reincarnated as a dog. I, I think Post and Boats would probably be pushing it. The dogs would go wild in there. But anyway, so uh, Sunday, if you want to bring your dog out for Valentine's Day. You can do so. Come here, Deputy Eamon O'Quee wants to take back Lynch's castle uh, for the people. And um, you're covering that in today's City Tribune. It's currently yeah. occupied by the AIB. What is he planning to do? Well, he wants to turn it into a civic uh, centre, uh, is the short answer to all of this. He has, he, he's rather disparaging about Lynch's Castle, to be honest with you. He calls it uh, bizarre and wasted as a mundane bank. 
And he says also that uh, previously he actually said that Lynch, Lynch's castle should be given back to the people at a nominal annual rent of one euro, as he called it, a gesture of atonement and repent for its sins, the sins of the bank, uh, he means, uh, that contributed to the country's financial collapse. So we'll see what happens. Now, the good news on Damien Comer's uh, injury, it's not the end of his season. It's well covered in sport on today's City Tribune. Yeah, and, and it is great news, even if Deanna Downman uh, misses most or all of the league, but at least it's not his cruciate, which, which would have meant a, a marathon layoff. So, as you say, that's covered, as is indeed the footballers' defeat in that match uh, by Ross Common. Uh, and the hurlers win over Wexford as well as a preview of their clash with Cork this weekend. And there's loads of local soccer, basketball, athletics and rugby in there as well. Busy sports pages as ever. And what else have you got in today's City Tribune? Uh, loads in there, Keith. Uh, two great old Galway pubs for sale. The Galway Arms up for a million euro down beside the uh, Garda station there at Mill Street. Uh, Richardson's on the market for €3 million Euro, and I suppose the, the added incentive here is that it's one of the we'll say the final pieces of the jigsaw of this Air Square East portfolio that both the Comer and the McHale groups have been chasing down for years so it's worth even more than just the pub alone. Other than that loads of social picks, the Renmore Panto Rap Party, the Sick Kids Foundation Ball, excuse me, Galway's annual Bridge Congress Retired Gardaí gathering, West United launching their new calendar in Clada Hall, so loads there. Uh, also, a, a fitting tribute and appropriate for where you are, it's to Peter Murphy, uh, the Mayo man who made such a, a name for himself in Galway through his electrical outlets. Um, and dare I say it, but we have more on the future or not of the Galway Ring Road and loads more in there as well. All right, Jeff. Have a good uh, weekend and thanks for joining us uh, today. And um, we'll talk to you again next Thursday with the Connect Tribune. But thank you for joining us uh, today on thank the programme. And uh, thank you, David O'Connell, there with the uh, Gullah City Tribune headlines. And uh, don't forget Nelly and Katrina's home baking. They're going to be in Hedford uh, tomorrow. So they are. They're going to be in the square in Hedford. And uh, if you just pop up to them tomorrow and uh, say hello to them, they have everything going for you scones, cakes, brownies, and uh, tarts. And don't forget, too, the Friday, the March the 10th, the um, Presentation College, Hedford Parents Association, having a table quiz. And again, it's on at the Anglers Rest Hotel. It's four per table. Spaces are limited, 10 euro per adult, five per student. Registration opens at 8 p.m. and the quiz starts at 8.30. And they're fundraising for a defibrillator and a cardiac responder uh, training for the uh, town of Hedford as well. Uh, so you can uh, get further details on that from any member of the Presentation College, Hedford Parents Association. Uh, in the next hour, we're looking extensively on sport, and John Morley is going to be looking at that. And we'll be talking and speaking with um, uh, many others, in do, indeed, including uh, Matt Cunningham and more uh, to finish out the programme. Ray Burr, Sirica Walsh, and many others will be joining us here as well. Uh, let's head, though, towards the Goldberg FM news desk for the 11 o'clock news and death notices. We'll have a job spot for you shortly. We'll remind you of that love giveaway that we're giving away on Monday of next week and Tuesday. Uh, so we'll remind you to send your text into that. Uh, so that and more to come between now and the end of today's programme. Now, though, let's head to the news desk for the 11 o'clock news and death notices, and we'll talk to you soon. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you.